is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology, as well as all things spiritual and personal development. I am coming to the mic almost like a little bit shy at this moment, um, and it's funny because I do, you know, keep recording stuff. I'll record myself on YouTube, but I'm shy before I start. But the reason at the moment that I'm feeling shy is just that um, I've been incredibly emotional this cancer season and um, going through all sorts of waves and posting about it. I just kind of decided to be more open about it and... um just kind of like broadcasting that along with anything else, you know, that I tend to broadcast in terms of sharing ideas about the transits or sharing spiritual concepts or, um, teaching astrology, just to be real about, uh, where I'm at. So yeah, I'm feeling a little bit shy and I still wanted to bring this episode. This episode is super fire. I recorded this with Kelsey Rose, a fellow Aries astrologer, a couple weeks back. And then just yesterday I got a human design reading from Kelsey and, um, that was really helpful. That helped, you know, bring me back. It's interesting. Um, just as someone who is a reader, I love frequently getting readings and it's really important for me to remember that. And I feel like it's important to share that as like, you know, if you, um, if you're looking to spirit, on this path, you know, if you're into spirituality, if you're into mysticism, and I'm just looking at it from this context, but something that has really been coming through in the last couple weeks, um, as a, a reminder, not the first time it's come up, but an orbiting thought is like how much we need a team, like how we need to talk to other people and ask for support and work with, with people uh, in their modalities and their gifts to get perspective. And a lot of the stuff that I was feeling emotional about in this last month, um, some of it just involved overwhelm and getting this reading with Kelsey really helped me tune back into my energy, um, like how my energy works, how I'm in my authority in human design. Um, I'm a projector. And so as much as I've had a concept of what a projector is from my own interest in human design, there were these ways it was sneaking up on me that I was trying to put my energy or the way that I work naturally into a different, um, box that I don't fit in and feeling the tension and feeling the stress of that. And I feel like getting this reading from Kelsey really reoriented me Um, and so I've been walking through today, much calmer, much more relaxed, much more aligned. And what can you really ask for post reading, you know, except that like feeling that click. And I, um, I just want to give that shout out. You know, if you are wanting to learn more about human design, Kelsey is a great person to go to, to combine a reading really about astrology and human design. Um, she, you know, gave me an opportunity at the beginning to, to just tell her what I already knew about human design, um, so that we could get on the same page, um, and she could 
uh, expand from where I was already working. So I loved that. Um, so whether you know about human design or are deeper into it, Kelsey's got something really awesome to offer in that along with astrology. So a little bit more about our conversation. We explored intuition through the lens of the elements fire and water. We tapped deeper into the Aries archetype, both of us being Aries, you know, and the implications of Chiron transiting through Aries right now. I love the timing that you know, this week, astrologically, Chiron is stationing in Aries. So what better timing than what better timing to release this podcast? We also talked about a project that Kelsey is working on called the Exalted Sun Project that involves acid trips timed with the sun's ingresses. So the sun's entrance into all of the signs and some gems of insight about the sun signs that came through these said acid trips. Super cool. A little bit about Kelsey before we dive in. Kelsey is an anti-capitalist astrologer, teacher, and community builder. As a being ruled by Jupiter, she is deeply engaged in the processes of expansion and understanding of self, other, relationality, and consciousness. Kelsey is oriented towards the process of deconditioning and returning to the core self. She has a background in education and a natal disseminating moon in Sagittarius and is hugely driven towards sharing her processing and conceptualizations with others through teaching, writing, and speaking. She embraces the simultaneous difference and sameness of each human experience and utilizes various modalities, frameworks, and spiritual teachings in the process of honoring and navigating this apparent contradiction. In her work with students and clients, Kelsey aims to accompany people in their journeys home to themselves, inviting deeper levels of autonomy and authenticity on the way. If you are catching this episode in time, there's just a few days left to back the Kickstarter campaign funding a year ahead of Magic of the Spheres podcast, as well as the weekly astrology forecast that I share. So if you love this podcast, and or the forecasts, but I mean, you're here, so you probably love the podcast. Um, please back and support a year ahead. I'm offering a lot of talks and a new creative writing course, Image Hive, as well as a significant half off discount on the next Evolutionary Astrology Intensive beginning November 2021. So you have until like July 19th is pretty much the last day to back the campaign. I'll leave the link in the notes. And thank you so much for coming through. We passed the push goal that I had of. 20,000 and 115 backers, which was what we made last year. And right now we are somewhere around 23,500 and 122 backers. So, so excited, feeling really grateful um, for your support and feeling grateful that I was crowdfunding and able to ask for your support and able to be an emotional mess on the internet at the same time. Um, it's, it's cancer season. It really is a thing. I have always been emotional this time of year before I really understood the astrology behind it. Thank you for being here. I love you. And I will get into this fire conversation with Kelsey Rose now. Welcome, Kelsey. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Thanks, Sabrina. Happy to be here. 
So we met in person at Norwalk 2019. That was the big Norwalk, the really fun one before everything shut down. Um, and they've been online since, um, but I've been enjoying connecting with you ever since then and seeing you share your ideas and you're an amazing teacher. I can tell from the graphics that you share and the way that you make information very accessible, but also high level at the same time. And you're fun and very inviting. So I'm really glad that you're here with us in the Astro community. And I'd love to start out by asking you about how you got started on this path um, with astrology and teaching and where you're at today. Awesome. That's all very sweet. Thank you. Um, I also often think back to the first like real convo we had at Norwax. So maybe that'll come up at some point too, because it was a very sweet introduction and you made me feel very comfortable when I previously had not. Um, but yeah, I have been studying astrology since 2015, I think. And whenever I talk about the story of my finding astrology, I always bring up how I learned astrology and found astrology in a very fiery way. I have a very fiery chart. I have Sun, Mercury, and Venus, and Aries, and then Moon and Rising and Sag. And I, and lately too, especially thinking about cancer season and everything that's kind of been coming through for me in cancer season, I've been thinking a lot about the ways that fire and water know things versus learn things. And I, the way I've kind of framed it for myself and sometimes students is water just kind of always knows and doesn't necessarily need to bring it to the forefront. Um, or understand it intellectually. It's just kind of there in the background and fire learns things and knows things through this like really fiery, sudden process of understanding. So the way that I talk about how I learned astrology was like in this fiery explosive moment and in true airy style, like very, and I guess it's not really airy style. This is everybody's experience, but somebody showed me aspects of my chart and I was just immediately hooked. Like I had no idea what astrology actually was. Um, and a friend of mine just did my chart one day and like, it's very dramatic the way I replay it in my head, who knows if it was really this dramatic in real life, but she like turned from her computer screen and looked at me and went, Kelsey, you are all fire. I've never known anyone who's all fire. You are so powerful. And it was like... <laughs> It was at this moment in time where I was having Saturn go through my 12th. And so it was the beginning of my Sati Sati as well, because my moon's in my first. And I was a high school music teacher and I was just feeling really disempowered in my career and really sad because I realized it wasn't going to remain my career and I was feeling really undervalued where I worked. And that sentence just like was exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. And really, that's where it began. It was like, learning about Sagittarius as an archetype and then learning about all the fire that I embody was a really helpful turning point for me in kind of re-navigating my sense of self and then my sense of direction in life. And from there, it was just quickly down the rabbit hole and have like literally never come up for air since. <laughs> I love that um, story. That's, um, I mean, that is a lot of fire. Like, how do you how do you feel being like a fire person in your day to day? 
I feel exhausted most of the time, but I also feel that just recently I'm kind of associating it with Chiron having gone right over my Aries sun in the last couple months. I feel like I've gotten over the hill of a lot of the work that I'm doing personally right now around burnout tendencies and mm-hmm. navigating my energy and understanding what ways of being in the world and using my time feel aligned and don't feel aligned. So generally speaking, for the most of my 32 years of life thus far, it's felt really exhausting. I would say, especially the last few years, like Saturn return times were really showing me what does not work for me. And oftentimes through just constantly existing in a state of exhaustion and burnout. But now, I mean, today, and when I say today, I mean, like the last few weeks, especially, I just feel I'm in a place with my relationship with my fire where I like understand it better and I'm accepting it and being able to see like what it's able to do out in the world when I honor it for what it is and don't try to make it something else. So it is powerful. It feels very powerful and still exhausting. It feels all sorts of things, but you know, you've got that a little bit too. Yeah. I mean, I'm a lot of earth and water, so I identify a little bit with the melancholic uh, for sure. But I appreciate your honesty about the burnout side of fire, because I think, you know, sometimes like even when I think about Leo as like a fire sign or a fire, you know, fixed fire. So the uh, distilled kind of existence, steady existence of fire. You can see Leo in this like full blown prowess, um, and talent. And I also get this image of like an exhausted lion, like, you know, laying out on a log in the sun, just like draping its limbs, just completely like I'm, I'm just tired here, you know? And I think that fire really, even though it speaks of energy and vitality, a lot of people do experience fire as feeling burned out or tired. Yeah. I also think a lot about my secondary progressed chart where all three of my Aries planets are in the sixth and Taurus now by progression. And my son progressed when I was 22 And that was, it was like almost to the, the month of that sun progression into Taurus, which again is my sixth house that I found yoga. And so I really also think about a huge part of my life and specifically this current chunk of my life with the press sun, a 30 year chunk of my life being about learning how to ground that fire and contain that fire and sustain that fire. And it's hard, but it's happening. And I'm I'm just so (laughs) grateful for the context of astrology, honestly, too. I don't, I know it's possible to do the kind of like self-study that we do and the kind of spiritual work that we do without the con without the context of astrology. Like I understand, I grasp that it is possible, but for myself, I don't know how I would have been able to contextualize my challenges and all of it without transits natal progression like and then yeah now too has been a really supportive tool for navigating i mean it's kind of like a kaleidoscope of clicking in all these different lenses and um before i was deeply into astrology like i've always been into it since i was a kid but i didn't know how deep it well i mean i knew about the natal chart but i just didn't understand how to grasp the the language for myself but i always lived for reading things in books that felt 
real, like reading something that was just so of the essence of something or so such a portrait, such a depiction of reality that I would feel electrified. And I didn't see that every time I opened a book, it was like a signature of good writing or someone who was a seer or a visionary. And then when I got deeper into astrology and like delineations and reading more hyper-specific delineations about progressions or queen conxes or whatever, like the more niche you get, sometimes those insights are just so bright, so visionary, so fire, so catalytic that you can't help but be transformed and see something more clearly that you didn't before you read that paragraph. Yes. Totally. And that's like, I don't know if you saw the thing I posted the other day about just realizing that even after six years of studying astrology, that I knew it the moment I knew what astrology was, I, I had a full, complete understanding of it. That's kind of what I was. Yeah. That's what I was getting out when I was thinking about the water knowing versus the fire knowing like that water knowing is just stuff that you've always known because we contain what astrology is in our DNA, right? Like the way I've been thinking about astrology lately, I know this metaphor turns some people off, but it just has really been hitting for me. It's just like, we live in a matrix and astrology is one of the codes to it. I, I call it the code, but I just always try to be mindful that there's other ways of understanding the world. <laughs> but astrology is like the code to the matrix that we live in. And so before we conceptually with our air parts um, or intuitively with our fire parts, because fire is like its own sort of intuition that is realized through like the self's journey and the self's process is kind of how I think about fire. We have our water parts that know it in the background. Like we have these archetypes, we have this code in our DNA. And I really like what you mentioned about, I don't remember the exact words you used, but just the idea of like feeling so deeply resonant with something that you read. To me, that's like the way me and my partner have been talking about that lately is just describing things as honest, like certain pieces of art, certain scenes in shows or movies, certain lyrics of songs, certain music videos. We've been getting really into Doja Cat. and I love Doja Cat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had like a whole night of Doja Cat the other night and we were both just like, this is just so honest. And also she like emanates cancer energy. That's what was coming through to us. I think she's- I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? Like I'm trying, I was trying to see that. I need to go back and watch her videos or something and see it through that lens. Yeah. Oh man, she's just so cancer energy to me. But I, I think, the way and this is all very I'm very like in process mode right now but the way I'm kind of thinking about that concept of like honesty or resonance in art is the archetype or the symbolism or the piece of the code is just coming through so clearly it's not muddied up by something it's it's just honest and when when something is expressed that honestly it's going to hit that same archetype or that same sentiment within our own self, within our own, I don't know why DNA keeps wanting to be the word. I'm getting chills, Kelsey. (laughs) I'm glad. I got to tell you also, Sabrina, like I, my North node's in Pisces and Jupiter's like right by it right now. And my moon just progressed into Pisces. And I just feel like I'm in heavy Pisces mode (laughs) right now. So I'm like starting to understand what all I've always attracted watery people to me. Like most of my closest people are water sons. 
And I'm starting to understand what they've been experiencing on an energetic level, their entire lives of just like understanding things through vibe and like yes. imagery and downloads. And it's cool. Uh, it's opening up my understanding of what the human experience can be. And it's, it's shifting things for me, but also as a person that's like, so made up of fire and air, it's, it's a new experience for me to have to try to figure out how to articulate things that are coming through this water lens to me when I'm used to understanding things through conceptualization and through personal experience. So just saying that, I don't know, I guess it just feels good to say it out loud because I feel that I'm a, a less articulate, a less, um, I'm struggling with articulation more than I typically do lately. So I appreciate that things are landing for you. Yeah. It's interesting, Kelsey. I really feel that, you know, I'm Mercury and Pisces retrograde. So the idea you know, the things that people say about that placement are brutal. <laughs> and my experience of it is actually, I mean, sure, some of the significations, um, you know, I never feel organized. I feel very messy in terms of how I organize things. My computer is always a mess. I find things through searching. Nothing is organized well in folders. It's just blown out everywhere. And I never take the time to figure it out. Um, so, you know, stuff like that. But in terms of grasping a concept and putting it into words, I find that the process of articulation, there's so often this feeling of feeling muddied or feeling not clear. Uh, and then if I go back and listen to what I said, I'm like, that did actually come out. And I think that a lot of people on their articulation journeys feel like they're not making sense, but they actually are. It's that mm. um, maybe the Virgo side that can always sense, well, this could be better. This could be refined, but it is, you know, coming through. And I think what an amazing gift that you've had this switch in consciousness and that you have the old codes or the codes that you're kind of born with to then translate the new consciousness coming through. Uh, because it, I feel like the things that you're saying feel like injections, like it is like a burst of a transmission and it hits like there's an impact. And I know you're a manifester too. And manifestors are all about having impact from what I understand. And I definitely feel that from you. Yeah. Absolutely. I was talking to one of my best friends the other day who's a Pisces son. And I was in this state that like felt really manic to me, which I, I'd, sometimes that's just like what the download state feels like to me. And I was having a lot of fun. I was feeling really good. And I was telling her all these things that were coming through and how all these different things were connecting for me in like newer, deeper levels. And I was telling her, I feel like I understand now so much better what some of your experience has been. And this is a friend that's struggled with mental health, like way in the past. And she was starting to get worried about me. She was like, are you going to be okay? Cause I was talking about how exhausting it is to be able to feel the energy field of people and be able to feel what's going on and how intellectually I understand it's not my shit per se, but that I'm so new to being able to like feel it so strongly that I, while I can conceptualize boundaries, I don't, the energetic piece of it is challenging. She was worried about me. And I remember just feeling like, well, no, no, no. Because for me, this sort of watery like access is happening on top of the fire 
like fire is so I feel that fire is really boundaried energetically because it's just transmitting all the time and the air ability to compartmentalize and conceptualize different and conceptualize dynamic and relational things. So, yeah, it's just interesting to think about like how we all come in with our innateness and that's a perspective that can evolve over time And it kind of feels like we're on this journey back to wholeness through the lens of our own perspective, which I sometimes will simultaneously use our natal chart and our perspective or interchangeably use those two concepts. But like, yeah, it's like I'm armored with fire to be able to handle water. And it's a, I imagine a very different experience than if I were to come into this world with as many water placements as I have fire placements, like Wow. I have a lot. I should also say I have so much extra compassion as of late for people who move through the world in their early life as water, because wow, like me. <laughs> the world does not teach you how to navigate that at all. No, but I think that's changing. Yeah. I mean, I have my personal planets are all in Pisces, you know, Mercury, Mars, Venus and rising and I just kind of felt like my life was a cinema growing up. Like I would just see things. So also fire, you know, but, um, I would, I gained this skill of not being reactive or not revealing what I was thinking on my face. So I was like a spy moving through reality and things would just happen in front of me. People would just reveal things, tell me things, tell me their life story. And then I would write about it and stuff. So I feel like there was some boundary for me in some sense, but sometimes when I would get really deep into going out and just experiencing, I would feel like I was taking on everything and feel mental distress from that until I learned energetic boundaries. Mm -hmm. So Kelsey, you're doing a really interesting project right now. I would love to hear about what that is um, and dive into that more. Yeah. So this project, I've been calling it the Exalted Sun Project. Um, I haven't been calling it that publicly at all, but that's how I talk about it to myself and my friends. Um, And it's kind of a mixture of like a a way, a platform for me to funnel some of my work and my perspective and my writing into, but maybe even more so just an experiment for me personally. there's lots of different reasons why I wanted to try it. So let's see, I'll do a little talking in circles um, and hopefully draw a good picture of what my motivation is here. So it the idea for this kind of started like two about two years ago when it was the 4th of July and I was still living in Chicago at that point. And my partner and I did some acid. 4th of July happens on cancer season. My partner is a cancer son, a 12th house cancer son. And I just like, I wasn't intentionally trying to understand. I wasn't intentionally trying to like get information about astrology during this particular trip. But I, there was just a moment of it where everything shifted from me to understanding things through cancer energy. And 
I just remember like my heart cracked open and I started crying and I felt like I suddenly understood my partner much better. And I understood my mom, who's not a cancer, but just the energy of like motherhood and um, the matrix. I now think of the matrix as a cancer concept. We'll see if I can make sense of that later. Uh, I can vibe with that. Okay, cool. (laughs) The matrix holds us. Right. Yeah. And the word, the root word of matrix is the same one as like matriarch. That's where my brain's been a lot lately. But I just remember feeling like that trip, I was like, oh, I understand cancer energy now. And I like spent so much of the trip just looking out at the sky and crying and just all this beautiful thing, all these beautiful things came through. The idea of lineage started to make so much more sense to me. Anyways, um, I tripped again the next year during cancer season unintentionally. And I think in the past, I, I usually take psychedelics like once or twice a year. And I don't know exactly when it came to me, but it was because of that experience that both of those cancer seasons, I had felt like I got cancer downloads shortly before my most recent birthday. I had this idea because I was going to perfect into a ninth house year when I turned 32, uh, which was March 28th. And my ninth house is Leo. So I was thinking about how I was going to be in a sun ruled year. My natal sun is in the fifth house. And aside from all of this, I've been in this process of like stripping all of my obligations that don't feel correct for me, which is I can definitely liken to Uranus going through my sixth and also discovering human design and like being in the experiment of trying to understand and navigate how to use my energy as a manifester. And that that looks really different from anything I had tried up until like maybe six months ago in terms of like work and working with people. And so I think it just came through while I was on a conversation with a friend. I just had this idea that I would follow the sun through the Zodiac this year, that the sun is my time Lord. And I would make different forms of art um, based on whatever was wanting to come through that sun sign season. So what I've been doing since Aries season this year, so I'm in the middle of my fourth chapter of it is taking some psychedelics within a few days of the sun ingress. And then throughout that month, the sun entering the sign. Yeah. The sun entering each sign. And then throughout that month, I write a song usually with my partner's help. And I have uh, a friend or a colleague record a conversation with me about the energy of that sign. And sometimes that person's an astrologer. Other times it's just a friend, which is kind of cool because I'll like introduce my understanding of what the wisdom of that sign is. And we'll just kind of use their life and their perspective as a case study for it. And this is all sort of also based on um, the way that I've been framing, like what even are the signs? I think I first started thinking this way when I was prepping to teach the third round of my astrology class that I teach. And I started just thinking about the signs as just, this is, this is one of those things that I think sounds really obvious, but it was one of those things that, again, I think I water knew from the beginning, but more recently has just been really coming alive for me and becoming really clear that the signs are just fragments of wholeness, right? So like I've become really irritated lately by sign bashing Because to me, it's just so obvious that like, if the sun is consciousness, then throughout the year, it's just moving through these different lenses that ultimately all need each other and are part of the perfect whole and are 
equally valuable and necessary. And so I have been kind of just orienting myself to like, well, what does each sign know best? Like, what is it that we're learning from each sign? And then it's from there, it's a pretty easy transition to understand that every person is offering a very unique perspective through their sun sign. Yes. Yes. Chart. And like, <laughs> maybe this is like the Leo energy, you know, and being ruled by the sun too. But I'm just like, can we just revel in how perfectly every person exhibits? I want to highlight this though. <laughs> I really want to highlight this because I feel, um, when I was first starting to write about astrology, I went through this process of learning to love all of the signs and becoming aware where I had prejudice around certain signs. And it would come through in my writing if I didn't deal with it. So I worked on like loving all of the signs. Um, now it just comes to me, but there's actually something, even just knowing someone's sun sign and not knowing their whole chart, I can see their solar essence shine through that vector. And it has me love them more. Like sometimes I think people who don't know a lot about astrology, they're afraid that anyone knowing anything about them astrologically will put them in boxes. But it's like, no, when someone is a sun sign and that's all I know about them, it completely illuminates this gift that's emerging freely from their consciousness. Um, like a Virgo who I know who talks a lot about alignment and discernment doesn't even like, I don't think he was knowing that that was a Virgo thing in particular, but he literally shines when he talks about those things mm. or like a Capricorn who's creating a container for a group space. And it's like really helping set the parameters and the conditions of an experience. And I'm like, this is amazing that you're doing this for us. You know, like it's just people really do when they are bright, you know, cause we can totally have the dimmer switch on our sun and not be in our solar essence. But when people do shine through their sun sign is a transmission. That's a gift to everyone around them. Yeah. I think, you know, and I think too, I'd be curious to hear if you relate to this or if this feels like a big part of your practice as an Aries, but I feel like lately as an Aries, the medicine I'm bringing is this Aries and this proclamation of I am and helping people orient themselves to what they are. I think when I first started learning astrology too, it was like step one was, holy shit, I'm powerful. I got to harness this power. And that was really like, gave me a big confidence boost and contextualized some of why certain aspects specifically of my career and education at that point didn't feel good because I didn't feel like I was able to light the world on fire um, in that setting. And then next it was like this feeling like I had to compensate for my nature. Right. So I was like, okay, well, I have all these Aries tendencies. Does that mean I have to try to lean out of them? And that was like a question that I didn't feel like I knew the answer to until very recently. I was like, we want balance, right? Because if the Zodiac is the, is these 12 or these six polarities, and we understand that right at the center is truth, right? Or right around the perimeter encompassing all of them is truth. Neither one of them alone is truth. I'm a Sag, so I'm like, there is truth, <laughs> but truth encompasses all of it together. Then to me, that kind of lent for years to me thinking that, well, wherever I lend on the Zodiac, like wherever my placements are, that means I have some work to do to get back to center. And something about that never felt right. And it was really starting to like study human design that helped me kind of shift my perspective to like, no, actually, like 
none of us can be all of it. On some level, we are all all of it. Like behind the ego construct, we have access to everything. We are everything. We are every single uh, minute of every degree of the zodiac. We are all those different perspectives of truth ruled into one. Like that's unity consciousness. That's us on the fifth dimension, whatever way you want to talk about it. But like one of the main lessons that came through for me during Aries season, when I was making my Aries art and for, for my conversations with the Zodiac episode of Aries, I just talked to myself, which was scary, but necessary. Um, but one of the main things that came through to me was like, if we're on this spiritual journey and we're trying to come back to what is behind our ego construct and come back to what is behind this avatar um, of our incarnation. Each of us only, we each have a very unique route to that, to that samadhi. If you want to look at it from the yoga perspective or awakening, whatever, like we can't bypass our own ego construct. We can't bypass our own natal chart to get there. And so now I've started to think of the chart as like a map back to wholeness, but you have to take right. the route towards wholeness that matches the route that you took out of wholeness. Um, and those are the same things. Like we're, con we're always both. We're always both the whole part, but then our chart is showing us where do, where do we tend to get potentially stuck? But that doesn't mean that we need to leave it. It means we embrace that and we acknowledge it and we connect to our wholeness through having a greater understanding of what we are in our 3D ego construct selves and what we're not. I don't know. Tell me if any of that made sense to you. <laughs> it, it does. And I love the idea. Um, I mean, I think a lot about this with evolutionary astrology and the soul being on a multi-lifetime journey. And what lit me up about evolutionary astrology um, initially, in some sense, was the idea that my incarnation is a spiritual journey that I don't have to bypass this incarnation and become an anonymous, all white wearing uh, person who's just like saying mantras and has given up my identity, like that I could actually lean fully into the theater of my incarnation and like playing out this character that I am and that that is my spiritual path. Um, and there's this lightness of being able to hold it where it's like, I'm not my ego. I'm more than that. Um, but this ego is something I jumped into for a reason as a soul. And as far as the Aries stuff that you were bringing up in terms of being, um, able to help light up other people's identity, um, through the sureness or like confidence, I think that Aries can have in themselves and knowing who the fuck they are. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, that lights me up too, because one of my insecurities and something that I manage and try to watch a little bit is how much I'll talk about myself. And then I love to share these personal stories on the podcast, for example. And it's like, I don't really care about the attention of like, I need to be seen in this like secret corridor of my consciousness or like, I need you to see my inner life. Um, it's that I'm so interested in my inner life and there's really intriguing things happening there that I just want to share them. And it's not normal socially. Like it feels like a little bit of an edge to share that much about oneself. And sometimes the reflection that I get from people is like, 
almost this kind of, wow, you really know yourself well, or like, mm-hmm. I wish like then it kind of sparks a desire sometimes in people to register their own experience with more consciousness. And if that's what the sun is doing and Aries is this perpetual, I am journey moment to moment, like that's the stuff of life that I love as an Aries. Um, and so giving people permission, cause I think it's just not considered you know, like we could say it's selfish or like self-indulgent. Why are you paying attention to yourself? Well, why not? (laughs) You are in this body. You are in this identity. Like, why are you here? Like, that's the kind of thing that Aries loves. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. I, I feel like I'm so grateful for the last, the lessons for me of the last like seven or eight months. For me, it's been a lot. It's definitely been I've been getting, giving myself permission to be Aries, but a lot of the transit that I associate with it is the eclipses in my first and seventh as a Sag rising, because I've been really attuned to the projection field, like the North node in my seventh and Gemini, there's no shortage of information coming in for me about how I am perceived by other, but I'm having, I'm getting so much of that information that I'm getting this, like, I feel like I'm getting a PhD and like learning how to check that against my own knowing and my own truth. And it's been really painful at times, but I almost feel like, like some days I'm feel like I'm afraid of how powerful I'm going to be on the other side of this because I'm just going to give, I'm going to have so many less fucks to give about what people think of me, which I have two planets in the seventh house. I have Jupiter and Mars in the seventh. Like I'm an extremely relational person. I'm, I've always been so obsessed with just how is everyone the same? How is everyone different? What drives you? What drives me? Where do we connect? Where's their overlap? That's part of my obsession with astrology. Is understanding all of our different perspectives and what is shared and what is not. Um, but it's like re- the lessons as of late for me have been, it doesn't matter how much you care about what other people think. It doesn't matter how tuned in you are to what other people think. Other people's perceptions of you are theirs and you don't get to take those from them and you don't get to shape those for them. Uh, and there's a lot of energy that can be lost in thinking yeah. Can and there's a lot of truth that can be lost from your own perspective and trying to shift or distort or make small. So for me, it's been a lot lately about realizing, and this is a little bit of like understanding my manifester energy and aura as well, uh, and the fifth line in my profile. Like it doesn't even when I am trying to make myself small or am super aware of other people's needs and trying to shift the way that I speak to them or operate in my own life to make other people feel more comfortable. It doesn't make much of a difference. Like people feel my energy, people feel the power. uh, And I can't change that. I am an Aries and that I experience things very much through the lens of who am I right now? What am I right now? What's my experience right now? So it's kind of shown me how futile of a thing it actually is to try to be anything outside of that. And I also associated a lot with this Chiron through Aries transit right now. Like, I don't know if you've noticed it, but I feel like collectively we're very sensitive to the energy of Aries right now. Like a lot of, I have felt that a lot of people have been triggered by my own energy more than I have at any other time in my life, even as I become more and more self-aware and compassionate. Um, And I kind of see it as like, 
we're having to and we're having to confront the fact collectively that interdependence and true healthy relational dynamics cannot exist without an honest self-assessment on every person's part about who they are and what they need. And as you mentioned, on a moment to moment basis, which is the Aries energy, right? Like, who am I today? What do I want today? What am I thinking about today? What's my perspective today? What are my physical and emotional needs today? And then like, I'm so excited for when we embrace that for the actual harmony that we'll be able to create on a relational and societal level when we truly honor who people are and what they need from that most primal place. Can you speak to the sensitivity part and kind of what your vision is on that or rationale? Yeah. So I think for me, it has been a mixture of like having Chiron go right over my son. And then also the, the eclipses in my first and seventh. Um, I just personally have been really attuned lately to, as I mentioned, like the projection field that I'm wearing mirrors. We all are wearing mirrors on our body at all times. Um, and I've noticed that the response that people have to me stating my needs or my awarenesses, it's like the, the, I feel that people are responding in a way that suggests that I said something much more than I said. So like, for example, um, and this is something that I, I, I learned from it as well. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm a hundred percent perfect in all interactions. I certainly am gaining a lot of awareness around if I do want to be more considerate in moments as a tool of my words and how people experience me, these are things that I can engage with. Um, but ultimately like an example I sometimes use is if I say that I'm cold, if I say I'm cold right now, um, I'll realize that someone around me will hear Kelsey is cold. And so I have to fix that. Right. Or if I say, um, I don't, I'm, I'm hungry right now. Someone around me will hear, oh, we have to figure out food right now. When really I'm, spe I'm just speaking out loud. I'm processing out loud. I'm sharing my experience. So that's a, a very um, trivial example. But same thing will happen in like work dynamics where I'll say this thing isn't working for me anymore. Or uh, bring the Sagittarius into it. I'll be speaking with a ton of conviction about my current perception of truth. Uh, and I will realize that someone else is hearing it as a challenge to their current perspective of truth. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it's funny because I was actually talking about this dynamic with my students yesterday. I was talking about, um, it, it would, I feel like the context was around Pluto and noticing how we can change our external reality based on changing within. But one of the examples I used was that when I was younger, I would voice my processing out loud and people would jump in to try to help me solve the problem. And when I didn't like that anymore, I experimented with not voicing it and just solving those things, I guess, without having, you know, said it out loud and then reintroducing speaking my problems out loud 
and figuring out, yeah, how to voice it in a way to elicit the response that I'm looking for um, and not get unsolicited advice or feedback that I wasn't looking for. But I was just using that example yesterday. And when you were talking about sensitivity, the image that came to my mind was like people's social media platforms and that um, people have different ideas around what social media is like. I align more with it being it's like it's your own space. So like if I'm saying something, um, I think I've worded and I carry my presence on the Internet in a way that I don't get a lot of um, like arguments on my page. Like I don't say a lot of um, controversial things per se. And I think I like I build my arguments carefully in some sense. But there is a way that I know if I'm going to say something like I just I have very strong opinions about psychiatry. I'm like pretty much anti-psychiatry. And I know that every time I post something about that, someone might be like, Hey, like, I really like the medications that I'm on and they've saved my life. And I'm like, I'm not talking about people who are willingly treating themselves as psychiatry. I'm talking about the power dynamics of psychiatry and people being treated against their will, you know, but the last time I posted something no one came at me <laughs> and I was like, something's changed, you know, but I think the sensitivity is like, can people handle other people in their immediate environment, having a different opinion, co-regulation, you know, do we feel like when someone's, when you're saying I'm hungry and someone feels like they have to help solve the situation, it's like their nervous system is having trouble holding that you just said that and then not doing anything. Like there's a codependency there. And I think that it's just kind of a normal social dynamic to be accommodating or to be helpful or something like that. But what it's like, you know, at different stakes, for example, when someone's energy, someone's opinions is disturbing to ourselves individually and what it's like to just let them be and not feel like it's a personal attack that another person exists in a way that's different. And I feel like that's Chiron and Aries, that kind of sensitivity, perhaps, and that a lot of the Internet is just hot with those kinds of issues of people feeling like other people's expression needs to be what they want it to be. It's like, well, express yourself on your own page. <laughs> that's where right. I go with it. Yeah. And I'm also thinking about how we talked a few minutes ago about like having sensitivity to certain signs, right? Like. I think a lot of people, I hope a lot, I assume a lot of people start to realize this as they get into astrology that like any time, if you have a negative reaction to a sign, that's you, that's an unintegrated part of that sign that is wanting to be worked through and healed in your own psyche and your own awareness. And so then apply that to literally anything. Like when you see something outside of you that triggers something, it's not shut, shut it down. It's not like, don't process it. It's process it before you decide to engage with it externally. And so I think like that's something that's been a really, really big thing for me lately is just like, and by lately, I mean, m for many years, I have Mercury in Aries, right? I have Mars in Gemini. They're like tightly sextile and in mutual reception. Like I'm a reactive person. I'm constantly reacting to everything around me. But when it comes to is the person that said it wrong. I've done so much work around. Well, first of all, 
no, because right and wrong is a construct. Uh, second of all, no, because like we're all here to have these incredibly uniquely different perspectives. And that can be a really cool, beautiful thing. And third of all, uh, it doesn't matter because if you're feeling a trigger about something, that's you like that's something that's an invitation for you to figure out what it is that triggers you about that. It's not our job to control other people's timelines, even if there is like harm being done in in the words that someone says that's for them to figure out. And if you're close to them, perhaps you get to be a part of that journey with them. But it's certainly not for a stranger on the Internet to try to make an impact on someone that they don't even no. So I guess I just like, yeah, I see this as the Chiron and Aries transit. I definitely was thinking about social media and all the times I've processed this, but even just like the concept of um, interdependence and just understanding. I've seen a lot of people like say that we don't have a codependency problem. Um, I've seen a lot of people say that we are sickly individualistic and my my perspective on all of that has just been shifting a lot lately because I see interdependence as a state in which all the individuals are autonomous and are trusted to be the authority on their own perspective and their own need. And I I kind I see that as where we will be. Um, at the end of this Chiron and Aries transit, but it's going to be through having to confront our fears of what will happen if I'm honest with myself and with the people around me about what I need. I'm thinking a lot about Aries as like the, the wound of separation, right? Like Pisces is the primordial soup and Aries is the awareness that we actually are separate on these journeys in these bodies in the, like experiencing these perspectives through these ego constructs. And like, that's painful. There's something certainly painful about that. And also, like you said earlier, it's exactly why you're, why we're here. The way I think about it, like consciousness gets bored and it wants to go experience something the same way we go watch a movie. We write a story. We listen to a song. That's our consciousness getting bored and wanting to experience a journey, an emotional journey. And so that's on another level, consciousness beyond the third dimension is having this experience through us right now. And who are we to say, no, I don't want to have this exact experience or no, Sabrina shouldn't be having the experience of a person that really wants to challenge the power dynamics uh, in psychiatry, you know, like it's so much coming back to the, the Leo ruled energy. Like it's just so much more fun to look and go, wow, look at where that person is on this journey right now. Like look at what blip of the matrix that person's experiencing right now. Cool. How does that make me feel about my perspective? Is that something I want to dig into right now? I guess it, it can. Sometimes I worry like the thing I get worried about lately about getting fingers pointed at me for is spiritual bypass, because I am really sitting in this space right now of it really is all OK. Like everyone's perspective really is all OK. We are part of nature. And as we evolve in our own nature, we will find the balance and we don't have to be at each other's throats trying to make it happen for each other. But that's my like Chiron and Aries sensitivity is can I speak my truth about this or is it going to come off to someone else as spiritual bypassing? Certainly. I've definitely had that fear. And it's interesting to 
have that awareness, but also have the awareness of what the truth is that's coming through and being able to give voice to that. And it's interesting to hear you say that around spiritual bypass, because I've seen you be so politically involved and like really aware of social structures. Um, and I see you also talking about the matrix and the projection field. And so I've seen you go deep in both of these directions. Like what is that synthesis like right now for you? Okay, here's how I would synthesize it. I've been wanting to coin this term, so I'll do it here on um, your podcast. Uh, Spiritual encompassing is how I've been thinking about that. Like spiritual bypass is when we use these concepts of everything's all good. We're all one. We're all connected. This is all happening for a reason to avoid going through the lessons that are wanting to be worked out in our perspective to avoid combing through the knots of our own perspective. Spiritual encompassing is when you take those same concepts that might sound to some people sort of frivolous um, or shallow of it's all good. There's a zoomed out perspective. We are all connected on some level and you utilize those to aid you in the process of dealing with the knots and the co- like combing through and the, the places where we get stuck in the places where we feel triggered. Um, I think about a lot like, um, like Aquarian and Pisces wisdom being the last two signs of the Zodiac of having this very zoomed out perspective. Uh, my moon just finished its two and a half or three years in Aquarius by progression and is now in Pisces. So this is a space where I'm just very oriented to as of late, also North node in Pisces, as I mentioned earlier, like it's part of my process. Part of the experience consciousness wanted to have through my life was one that zooms out a bit. I even just yesterday, I was like, wow, I'm in Aries with the Pisces North node. Like I'm really on that journey from smallest bit of focus to largest. So for me, it's very medicinal to approach things from that wide zoomed out perspective. But you're right. Like I have been extremely like socially justice minded and politically ragey at many times in my life. And I still feel those things. But I just personally feel so much more empowered to change the world when I'm in this state of but it will be okay because then it gives me permission to operate from a place of like personal knowing. And, and since I've been, since I've kind of shifted and allowed myself to click into this more encompassed perspective, I see the impact I'm making on the world has exponentially increased, but it's not coming through um, focusing on the details of what doesn't work right now. It's coming from understanding that it will change and knowing that it will change and operating from a place of just expecting that the world is going to change for the better. And and another, another point I'd like to make here too, point I'd like to make is not the right verbiage, but another thing that's been on my mind a lot too, with this concept of spiritual bypass versus spiritual encompass, which I hope people start using, um, is that we cannot be the judge of which one of those things that someone's doing. Like we don't know who has what coping mechanisms to do the through. Like, we don't know if it's time for someone to confront that part of their experience or if having that reassurance of everything will be okay, we're all connected, is what that perspective needs at that moment to make it to the next day, 
Right. So it's, we're not, we shouldn't be the judge of whether other people are bypassing yeah. is, is kind of where I've landed right now. Like be aware of the tendency towards spiritual bypass for yourself. Feel free to notice what you perceive as spiritual bypass around you as a tool for your own perspective to learn and evolve. But ultimately we don't know whether someone is actually bypassing the work or whether they're using those same phrases that to you sound like bypass to support them in exactly the work that they are able to do in this moment. Beautiful. Yeah. I think there's a really big shift, um, that can be had around, um, and this could even, I see this in the nodal axis with Virgo and Pisces, South node Virgo to North node Pisces, but it is kind of like a Virgo to Pisces shift in one way of looking at it. Many other frameworks we could apply here, but the sense of, um, if, yeah, I don't want to limit it to that nodal axis actually, but are we looking at the world from a place of scanning for what's wrong and what we are against, or are we tuning into the inspiration that lives inside of us from our deepest essence and letting that out into the world? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that a lot of, um, you know, when we have this really big perspective of everything that's wrong in the world and all the ways that we could possibly be causing harm. And like, just like kind of in that like perspective without the spiritual side of it or without the internal, like inner inspiration, like spelunking, then life becomes, I feel like a there's a dryness or something in that path for me, that's how I would look at it versus like when you give yourself permission to be in touch with the deepest essence that lives inside of you and let that out into the world creatively, you end up providing an energy instead of just fighting the energies that are already on the planet. Um, mm -hmm. and that can end up being more impactful living from a place of purpose and gifting than living from a place of vigilant policing essentially. Yeah, absolutely. I love the way that you brought the Virgo Pisces access into that. It feels very, very relevant for me. And, you know, it's interesting too, thinking about we don't we don't lose our South Node gifts as we embrace is the word that came to mind, but it doesn't always feel like the right word for our relationship to our North Node. But as we sort of get dragged into the intensity of our north node we're not losing our south node gifts we're just recalibrating that polarity we're recalibrate we're like we're learning how to express both ends of that in a way that is in this like constant simultaneous back and forth uh impacting one another integration mode the other day i was thinking about like all the opposite signs are just each other in drag like Virgo is as existential as Pisces. Um, like I call Virgo the ultimate optimist because in order to see that things could be, in order to want things to be better and be so oriented to where we could fix things, we're, we as Virgo, Virgo South Node and MC, like Virgo placements have to know that things could be better and believe that things could be better and like care deeply about and love unconditionally enough for things to be better in order to do the work that Virgo does to point out um, what's not in its best form right now. And I am also thinking about like um, 
Aries energy here. This is what I ended up blabbering about on my Aries podcast of conversations with the Zodiac was like, I just started it. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I feel really nervous about this. I've never podcasted before. I'm not nervous about the combos with other people, but I am nervous about this. But you know what? That's Aries like that's Aries way. I'm just going to show up. I'm going to know that I'm probably going to say some stupid stuff. I know I'm. it's not going to be really good, but I still believe I deserve love. I still believe I deserve to be heard. I still know it's okay that I can be messy uh, and make mistakes on this. And it's fine. I'm still worthy of this process. I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy of attention even. Um, so yeah, I, I really like all the ways that you contextualize sort of where I am with all this processing right now, because pieces of my own chart are lighting up and it's, yeah, it's really affirming. Like we're all we're all fine. Like we're all good. It's all good. And it doesn't always feel good, but you're here to have the exact experience that you're having. And you have a specific medicine to offer through that experience. And the more that you embrace exactly what that is, the more energetically in alignment you become and the more like naturally you feel moving through the world and the more people can benefit from you. And it all, as I'm saying it, I'm like, this, these are all such cliches. It's so obvious, but you know, that's kind of the gift of, you know, with astrology. Um, I think that as a language, it can help induce the insights and the reflections of exactly who we are in such a nuanced way. Um, as a mapping tool. And then you do end up finding yourself to these universals or cliches after the fact, you know, but the individuation process of understanding who you are, um, can help us get there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other kind of, um, downloads about the signs that have come through on your, um, exalted sun project that you'd want to share? Yeah. Well, let me just go through the first four and kind of share highlights as things have come up. Um, so Aries, yeah, the main, the, the song that I wrote for Aries season, I I haven't named the songs yet, but the last lyric in the song is the only map, you know, lead yourself back home. So for Aries, the main kind of nugget that came through was you have to embrace exactly who you are. You have to embrace exactly the way you process things, your own ego construct, your own mind, your own natal chart, because it's the only map back to home. Um, thinking of Pisces maybe as home of the of unity consciousness, the only map you have, the only map you know is your own and nobody else knows that map um, the way you do. So, and and I've talked about Aries this way a lot lately. I, I, I like to introduce the signs as this is what this sign knows best. And I always say that what Aries knows best is that ultimately no one's responsible for you, but you, and that what Libra knows best on the opposite end is that every single thing we do creates ripple effects and impacts the people around us. And we're responsible for being mindful of that. Both of those things are true, but I haven't gotten to Libra yet. So (laughs) focusing on Aries. um, Yeah. Ultimately you are responsible for yourself and Taurus. I had an interesting experience with Taurus because I always feel like there must be something to Taurus that I don't really get. And maybe this is a, because of all my Sag placements that I'm like, what's the root of it? I have to figure out what Taurus is. What does it mean? And in the Taurus conversation, I talked with two of my wonderful Taurus astrologer colleagues 
Rosé Hernandez and Kate Heinricher. And we were like, I was bringing up how people have been bashing the idea of talking about tourists as like foodies online. Like I keep people saying, I keep hearing people say, or reading people say, if you talk about tourists and you're just talking about food, like quit it, go learn something else. I brought that up with them and they were both like, ah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you should like watch a way that tourists eats. I have seen some of the most solar experiences of people eating from just tourists, like just making love to the food that they're eating and they just don't care. Like they actually really, there's something about how sensual they are that does, you know, it is about food. It's about sex. It's about their pillowcase and like the satin sheets that they have. Um, it's about their favorite, you know, backpack. Like it's just all of these different physical textures and items that make up their material life and their relationship with the material world, but we have to eat. So food is such a direct confrontation with our sensuality. Right. So, yeah. So all of that was confirmed on the, in the tourists learning and really what we kind of came to at the end of the conversation with tourists episode was like, it's not, I mean, to me, Taurus wisdom feels profound because I am so easily disembodied. So the experience of learning to get in my body and pay attention to my sensual experience is very medicinal to me and something I'm working on every day of my life. But in terms of how my Sagittarian brain understands like what profound means, the Taurus has said it themselves. They're like, Taurus medicine is not necessarily profound. It's just noticing. It's just being, it's just enjoying. So for me, the big click of Taurus season was like, you do get it. You just aren't oriented to getting what Taurus is, which is literally just being. And even the the trip that I did, Taurus season, all the other ones, it's been so clear, like, where are we going? Like, what is the underlying download uh, of this experience? And with Taurus, I was just like, that didn't feel uh, nothing like huge came through. And after the fact, when I recorded the conversation with them, I was like, because it's just about being like, I wasn't supposed to be doing my deep conceptualization and intellectualization of what the energy was. I was just supposed to be noticing and being so I don't know. I'm still like, I must be missing something because that's how I'm wired to be. But I think for me, that's the Taurus lesson. Yeah. I, I think something with that is like Taurus is like fertile earth, receptive earth. And I think that the, the being and noticing is a very slow practice. Like I think that it gets louder and louder and even just like the art of like tuning, like we'll have stories. I learned this from Carla, who Carla Palomino, who's a Taurus and teaches embodiment. But like when we have a physical sensation, if we tune into it, it can get bigger, get louder. And if you follow the thread of it, there's this story in it that's not mental. Like we can put stories around it that are mental, but just being in the sensation and watching it move in the body or giving it a gesture or moving with it physically can be a huge experience. But, um, personally, you know, going into that space, I don't feel like I have a revelation or an epiphany every time I do that. But if I show up consistently, I do have more experiences of electric body moments where I'm like, Whoa, that was like, something happened in my body that's never happened before. And it was a 
a revelation, you know, but it doesn't show up the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can feel still that I have so much to learn from the tourist perspective. And I, I keep kind of mentioning human design and passing. But I will say that since I've started studying human design in the last year, I, I don't think people know how somatic of a system human design is because it's also very conceptual um, and it, it does require a lot of learning and, and systemizing information. But ultimately what it's pointing us towards is how the energy moves in our own body. Um, and it's pointing us towards understanding better which parts of our body communicate to us about what and in our own individual designs, which parts of our body are uh, communicating information from ourselves versus amplifying information from outside of ourselves. So I think this is a big part of my progressed planets moving through Taurus for me is like understanding that my body is the source of wisdom. Um, and I think, you know, that's really interesting too. thinking about like I've always called water the the element that's mo that knows the most <laughs> um because it knows like the truth of how everything's connected outside of this third dimensional realm but lately i've been really realizing that it's kind of the same way i say your natal charts your map back to everything the each of the elements has their own way of knowing and they know ultimately they all know the same thing it's just through which experience does it know? So yeah, I love the idea of like the wisdom that we get through the body is actually incredibly profound, but first we have to just be able to notice it, which I think my own perspective is coming through here in my, I'm just in, I'm, I'm earth 101. Like I'm learning earth. I'm in kindergarten for the earth element for sure. But yeah, so for me, what what the Taurus download was, was really just literally like be just be and feel and notice. Um, Gemini, I had a lot of fun with. <laughs> uh, I'm strong on the Sag Gemini axis in my own chart. Gemini, like the ultimate thing I did, I deduced it down to was that Gemini is the sign that knows that we can hop timelines. Gemini is able to understand that even in just the consideration of a tiny possibility, we can have an entire experience. We can, we can find a whole universe of meaning, which we normally would associate with Sag in the tiniest little imaginative possibility. The Gemini song that we wrote was like a very dancey pop song that was like, do you want to hop this timeline with me? It was really cute. It was my favorite song we wrote so far. Um, but yeah, Gemini just is like understanding that in order to change anything, it does require that the core beliefs shift, Sag. But first, it requires that you have to be open to possibilities that you can't possibly imagine. I think Gemini like is it's it is so much more of a magical, deep energy than it often is is credited for credited for. I agree. Yeah. Um, and then cancer, I'm still in it. Um, 
I like glanced at my notes from that I was writing that I was jotting down during the cancer trip a couple of days ago. And I was like, wow, I went to a lot of different places on this trip, but had to do a lot with um, the concept of like matrix. I recently heard someone read the definition of the word matrix. And it's, of course, the same root word as like matriarch. So thinking about the mother as the matrix and cancer. Let me just I'll just share my favorite anecdote from that trip. So my partner is a cancer and his dad is a cancer. And we were talking towards the beginning of the trip about cancer. The thing that cancer knows best is that everything is everything like that. It doesn't really matter which route you take. You're going to end up kind of in the same place. Thinking about this with the matrix, I'm just thinking about like cancer came up as fractal a lot. So I always think about everything in astrology as fractals. But with cancer, it was like, you're going to experience the perspective that you need to experience. You're going to experience the story arc that is going to be experienced. And it doesn't really matter which way you go. You can do it through this relationship. You can do it through this fantasy and losing yourself in this story. You can do it through trying to do your chores today. Like you're going to end up home. You're going to end up back in that same place. It's the same patterns that repeat. And so we were processing this and uh, then we got on the phone with well, Budway's Budway is my partner. His dad called us, and I was just he put him on speaker because I was there, but I was tripping, so I wasn't uh, talking. <laughs> and I, at one point, I, I chimed in because I wanted to tell Budway's dad that Budway's aunt, so his dad's sister. <laughs> had told me a really cute story about how she's falling in love. And so I got really excited and I was like, this person told me all this and I wanted to share it with you. And he listened to me talk for like a minute. And then he goes, all right, well, I've heard that story a million times. And it just like so perfectly summed up what Budway and I had been talking about as cancer's wisdom, which is that you'll always just end up kind of in the same place. And that's home. I just kind of lost my mind from it. Um, but then I entered this like place of existentialism through it because <laughs> I was like, well, then what's the point? Like if we're con if it doesn't matter, then I know, the but point? you got me thinking that too. I was like, if, what if you don't want to be in that story and you shake against the matrix, like that's right? kind of stressful. Yeah. It's, I, so I was sobbing like, and then I was like, this is why cancer is such an emotional energy. Um, and then, though, we started talking about how Budway said something like, well, you know, this is why I really appreciate when some someone does frame something in a way I hadn't thought of before. And it's like that little mystery for Budway. That's the goal, like getting a glimpse of truth or honesty. Like we were talking about earlier, that's where that concept of honesty came from. Like, is it really is the, the thing that's being expressed right now, like coming from this place of raw authenticity and honesty and getting a new glimpse of that through a way that a person hasn't yet perceived is this like magical little surprise. So it's that little bit of mystery left that, um, that cancer is really delighted by. And then also like part of what was really beautiful about the cancer energy coming through was that if you realize that you're always going to end up at the edge of the matrix, um, and that there's that the matrix is just a thing becoming itself all over. And therefore, this is where the fractal idea comes from. Therefore, any route you take, you're going to kind of go on the same journey. Then really all you have 
is the memory of that journey and the memory of all the different ver- all the different routes you've taken to get back to this home place. Does that make sense? Yeah, I just like- want to say like processing this as you're sharing it is having me think about time and the unfolding of time happening in a way that feels linear and it feels like it's taking time but that it is this encompassing matrix that we're already part of. So when you have a timeline, even if you're at the start or the beginning of it, you're still in relationship with the wholeness. Mm-hmm. And so I've noticed that when I thrash against the journey, you know, like the thing that's the most upsetting or the most agonizing, like a little bit later in the journey, something happens or an insight happens that is the medicine that I needed at that time that I was thrashing. Mm -hmm. And as that happens over and over again, it's helped me relax into the process more because I see that it's happening. It is happening. So stop raging at the cage or raging at time or raging at the matrix. Yeah, that's absolutely. I relate to that really intensely as well. And I also have been experiencing lately what I keep calling the disintegration of time where I'll have a moment where all these rant, like three or four different feelings like cancer, water memory feelings arrive at the same time from different moments where I knew a thing or knew a portion of the thing. And then all those seemingly unrelated moments are occurring all at once for me and something crystallizes. And so it's like, yes, It's like, yeah, all of time is happening at once. And sometimes what happens is the thing we needed to heal what we perceive as past time happens in the future. And then other times those future moments, you realize that something someone said to you that seemed inconsequential two years ago or three days ago is now exactly the thing that you need with whatever's on your mind right now that will contextualize it and heal it or shift it somehow. So, yeah, I'm so like in the cancer energy right now that I don't feel super clear on. I'm not able to linearly articulate how it all sticks together, but definitely something around the like disintegration of time and around um, that Ram Dass quote of like, we're all just walking each other home. You know, that feels like really deep cancer wisdom to me. And he had Jupiter and cancer in the first. Um, And, and yeah, like comforts was a big part of what was coming through with the cancer thing as well. Like, finding home in each other and finding those those part up where we feel resonance with each other and the comfort of that and the feeling heldness of that because cancer is this desire to like be home and to be held and uh i think we recognize home when we see our experiences reflected in our different parts of the story arc. That's just repeating itself over and over reflected in other people. Like those are what, those are the moments that feel like home to me when we arrive to that same place for a fleeting moment with another person. Oh yeah. Because when you were saying earlier with Aries being on this journey and it's solo and there's something painful about it, it was kind of immediately also giving me the flash of what it's like on that solo journey to have an intersection and to relate and to feel like those windows of the soul match. And there's a, a transmission or a shared experience. Um, and it it's faith restoring too. 
I think of that even, um, as, you know, as an Aries and experiencing aloneness as an energy that I feel a lot or have felt throughout my life, I will meet people at certain times who we've been on separate timelines. We've been on separate journeys, but we've had so many synchronistic life experiences and we meet like this firework explosion of we relate so much and we feel like twins or something. And there's this like connection. Mm. And every time that happens, I'm like, wow, like I'm, I'm actually not alone, but you need those moments of, um, resonance and the idea of cancer as home felt through the familiarity of another person's story, like reaching you in some ways, you know, Mm. and that also gives me, you know, with Aries and talking about your own life story and the part of me that's like, Oh, why am I talking about myself again? Fuck. Like, I'm just like dragging myself into the expression of my solar essence. Like not always, I love doing it, but other times I'm just like, why am I doing this again? But people respond like I related so much and they feel maybe that sense of home from hearing that. And I had the choice to either let that part of my story come out or hold it back. I feel like it's nice when you get that validation or that affirmation, it can help maybe that Aries energy speaking for myself here, here feel more secure in doing that. Mm -hmm. And also just doing it regardless of whether you're validated or not as part Mm -hmm. of the self-security in that. I'm, I've also been so oriented lately to the simultaneous sameness and difference of all of our perspectives and all of our journeys. And I feel like that's something that you're really hitting at right now. And something that maybe the Aries cancer square even points towards is like, okay, well, if cancer is this awareness that we're all just like fractaling out on the same thing over and over. And uh, let me say, let me contextualize that a little bit more too, because part of the cancer medicine to me that came through was like, this kind of comes back to that spiritual bypass piece we were talking about is like, everyone will get there. Like everyone will arrive to their most evolved, awakened, whatever, back to wholeness, back to consciousness, maybe in this lifetime, maybe not, but everyone will get there because that's the only destination that there is. And so one, we don't have to push them or point fingers at them if they're not where we are now. And two, we want to, we don't need to um, worry about them either. Like they will get there and, and the cancer energy is like, can we watch, can we guide and love and watch and protect ourselves as there, as we're on that journey and then each other as other people are on that journey without judging, without honestly, even worrying is kind of what, what was wanting to show up for me. Like we're just lovingly watching each other. Like we're all each other's children and going, yeah, I remember when I felt that way. I remember when I was growing up and I did that and it's all beautiful. It's all part of the process. You don't, look at a child and uh, wish that it was already 18 and moving out of the house or wish that it already understood, you know, geometry at age four, like you, you watch it and you revel in how beautiful the experience it's having is right now. And that's kind of what was wanting to come through for cancer as well. I lost my train of thought with where um, I was. that was beautiful. <laughs> so Kelsey, um, 
you teach astrology. Can you tell us more about um, what your courses are and how people can find you and work with you? And you have like human design readings. You're doing a bunch of awesome stuff. So tell us about it. I'm definitely at like a pivotal moment right now. So it's not the easiest moment like time for me to explain exactly what I do, but, um, (laughs) I do teach astrology. I love being part of that initiating part of bringing people into astrology and helping them know each know themselves through their chart. Um, I've taught my 11 week course three times and I usually do it once in the spring and once in the fall. So you can follow me on socials at Kelsey Rose Tort on Instagram and Astro Kelsey on Twitter. My website is KelseyRoseTort.com. Um, get on my email newsletter and stuff. If people feel called to learn with me, I'll probably launch my course again in the fall, but I'm going to make some changes to it. So I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I'm doing an intro to human design through a cap- anti-capitalist framework with Cat Fitzgerald. And that's probably going to launch in August, three-week series in August. Um, and what else? We just launched Ascendant Assemblies today. So that'll be a really cool thing that I'm working on with a bunch of astrologers in the community, bringing people together based on rising signs to talk through what all is going on with transits, according to that chart layout. So um, we've had Sag risings meet four times already. Gemini's have met once and we've got at least one session scheduled for all the rising signs for this uh, summer. So that's ascendant-assemblies.co, C-O, and Ascendant Assemblies on. Ooh, it has its own website. Yes, Demetrius made it. Shout out Demetrius for all the admin work. That sounds fun. Mainly, I do have a Patreon now as well, and that's kind of structured to be a, a lot of different sorts of resources for people in more the learning stages of astrology. Um, And then, yeah, my podcast series conversations with the Zodiac is pretty fun. So people can check that out if they want to hear. I I think I probably the medicine and the message of the seasons comes through more clearly on those episodes than I was able to articulate today. And the music that I've written is featured at the end of each of those episodes as well. That's awesome. I love that you are exemplifying the way that when we tune in with the archetypes that we can source our own downloads and go on journeys with them. And that living astrologically involves kind of opening our consciousness to channeling these concepts and seeing them play out in our actual life. So you get to see your life animate with the wisdom of what you're studying and, um, So you ask an astrologer who's like deep in their process, you know, who's just living astrologically, even like, what are you thinking about? (laughs) Like what's coming through? And there's always some generative insight, Mm -hmm. Um, even potentially in the times that are maybe the downs, you know, like we have an archetypal lens for that too. It's just a really profound matrix to be held in the language of astrology. So thank you for all of these insights. Um, this gave me so much to think about and like a lot of, you know, ideas popping off and very synchronistically aligned with like my thought processes that I was having this morning, even. So I feel more at home from that resonance. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I think that's been a big lesson for me as of late too, is like, you don't even need to forecast necessarily like you are learning the astrology that's wanting to be learned through you at any given time and that's been really evidence to me through trusting myself to write 
and teach the things that are coming up as they're coming up, even if they don't feel concretized and seeing how those cancer resonance moments of finding home in each other through those shared experiences and those shared perspectives are always present. Like we're living the transits, whether we're like intellectually conscious of them or not. We're, and that's that same, that's what I was losing my train of thought on a moment ago is that like same difference. Like we're all learning the current lessons of the transits through the perspective of our own natal chart, but it's leading us all to the same place. So we're all taking these different routes to get to the same wisdom and the same place at the same time. And I just see that so loud, like you saying, you've been thinking about that stuff this morning. Like I see if I don't tweet a thought I have, I open Twitter and I see three people just tweeted the thought I had. Like we're all, I, I really feel we're becoming very telepathic. Like we're, we're downloading. I know some people don't like that word either, but we're like accessing these different aspects of our consciousness together exponentially faster every day is what it feels like to me. And it's really fun to do that together. It's fun to help each other speed up on it and affirm each other along the way. It is fun. I'm glad you're like all down for the ride because <laughs> it's, it's what's happening, you know, and we can play with it. What else are we going to be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kelsey. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for listening. Go back the Kickstarter campaign if you haven't already to support a year ahead of this podcast and the weekly astrology forecasts. And if you've been enjoying this podcast and you have something to say about it, I would love to read your review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you take a screenshot of your review before you click submit and email that screenshot to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com, I'll send you a resource library about creating and elevating your reality filled with several hours of videos about the intersection between astrology and manifestation. It includes one of my favorite talks I've ever given called Play and the Evolution of Alternate Realities, which is about the mystical side of Leo and how play generates reality as we know it. So thank you for listening. Thanks for your support. I love you. Be well. Bye.